coming to you from our new home at DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts. We are the Superflex Super Show. We talk QB values, Superflex strategies, evaluate and debate Superflex trades, plus our own twist on Superflex team management with exercises like Tinderflex, Super 6, and You Are Nuts. So when you're done with this awesome DLF podcast, find us on Twitter at Superflex Show and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler, once again with my friends Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. Ryan, you and I spoke last week, but Matt, welcome back from, from the big trip. Tell us really quickly the best part of, about Iceland. Uh, I could have to narrow it down to two. One was uh, the, I'm, I'm not going to try to pronounce it, but Yokel something, L- Glacial Lagoon. They, they filmed several movies there, including a couple James Bond movies. It's just a big iceberg lake that's awesome. Uh, and then I got to snowmobile across a, across a glacier and then hike down into an ice cave. So that was pretty awesome. But I heard you guys, uh, uh, I heard a little bit of jealousy in your voice in the last episode talking about how you can't do anything because you got kids. <laughs> Uh, that, that seems like a no, crutch, man. You guys got to get out there. vicariously through you, Matt. I saw the photos <laughs> on Twitter, as I'm sure lots of those who follow Matt, at MattPriceFF. Uh, they were beautiful. Man, that had to be a lot of fun. Did you find any Definitely. Dynasty fans yeah. out there? I, I didn't. I actually wore my DLF shirt, and I had s- several people ask me about it. Uh, but there is a fantasy football segment out there, but the, no, no Dynasty players that I can oh, We're looking for you if you're out there. I Icelandic <laughs> folks out there, if you're Dynasty owners, let us know. This is the first post-combine episode of the DLF Dynasty podcast, so as you could probably guess, that's what we're going to focus on. We'll get some reaction to everything that happened in Indianapolis, everything Dynasty-related, or, or at least offensively. Um, and we're going to go by, the, by position, fellas. We'll kind of cover it. One at a time, and why not start under center? First off, Kyler Murray, really the talk of the combine, or at least the early part of the weekend, Ryan, measured in at 5'10 and an eighth and just over 200 pounds, which was the kind of benchmark for a lot of those out there that were questioning how big he was coming into the combine. Ryan, your thoughts on Murray? He he is the shortest quarterback measured at the combine since 2003 heavier than Russell Wilson was coming out of Wisconsin but Wilson had those big hands at 10 and a quarter inches Murray's are just nine and a half which a lot of those that know a lot about it say is kind of the the threshold or the very minimum that you want out of a quarterback any anything you take away from what you heard over the weekend or what you saw at the combine on tv not too much obviously we didn't see uh, anything as far as throwing or, or running or any of the workout uh, aspects from Murray. It's, it's interesting that he's viewed as one of the winners of the combine based on the measurements that you mentioned. And then just based on the news cycle that 
we we came into the week, uh, the combine week with him as, you know, pop maybe to the Giants in the middle of the top ten, or, or just not not really sure where he would uh, potentially end up, and we leave the combine with him basically locked into the Cardinals' first pick. So it's uh, it's really been an interesting few days for Murray. Uh, I think we have to view him as a winner. I did have a, a little bit of concern, and and I saw some others with the same concern that. The 207 pounds was a good a good number for him, but that doesn't seem to be his playing weight. So was was he just beefing up for this? Um, and then he's gonna, you know, go back down. He he still doesn't necessarily have uh, the frame that you you might want for a quarterback. I'm at this point. I'm just not worried about his height. Honestly, I, I think it's. I don't want to say it's a non-story, but. I, it's the NFL is just trending that way. And, and I don't, I don't think it's a concern to me. It's more about the frame and the, his, his weight rather than, yeah, his and you know, he really does have a small frame and, and he doesn't even look 207 pounds. Even, you know, he was on TV all weekend. People were showing him or, or stations were showing him all, all the time. And he doesn't look very big. He looks like a really small guy. And yeah, the league is trending that way. It was kind of funny story from the weekend. I was at a birthday party, actually. And of course, the talk of the birthday party among the men that were there was the combine and what was happening there. And, and it seemed like the maybe generation in front of us guys were like rolling their eyes towards Kyler Murray and thinking, man, in my day, that guy wouldn't, nobody would consider playing him at quarterback. He'd get crunched. And maybe the generation uh, behind us doesn't even think for a second about his height or his weight or anything like that, because they're starting to see those young guys. And we're kind of stuck in the middle. It feels where we're still a little bit concerned. At least I am. And certainly have the same questions that Ryan mentioned about, was this just an effort to get over 200 pounds so he could get over that threshold with the intent of dropping it again once the pre-draft process is over? Matt, what were your thoughts on Murray coming in and, and what do you think now? Yeah, the combine didn't really change anything for me except for, like you said, the the weight issue. And we found out that he he hits that threshold, you know, like you said, and uh, that he's heavier than Russell Wilson coming out. So not really a concern. And, you know, with what Pat Mahomes did last year, I think he's going to generate a lot of the same kind of buzz, you know, similar athleticism, similar arm talent, uh, that, that ability to like kind of just flick that wrist and, and throw it 50 yards downfield is really impressive. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I, I like to go upside at quarterback since there's not a whole lot of difference makers at the position, especially in one quarterback leagues. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm all in on quarterback one for Kyler Murray right now. Yeah. Well, I agree that I like the upside and certainly see it with Kyler Murray. I am, I'm on the side of the fence that is incredibly leery with this in, entire class of quarterbacks. Uh, I'm not quite sure that there's a franchise guy or the guy that's going to turn around like a super flex dynasty roster or anything like that. I, I think this is, and, and there's a lot of time for this to change. This is the class that, that I'm going to stay away from the quarterback position. And that, that transfers to the second guy that we'll talk about here. And that is Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State, 6'3", 231 pounds. If you watched him throw over the weekend, you know immediately very impressive arm talent. I was watching that combine with those friends, and one of the guys, an older guy in the group, said, wow, he throws the ball like Dan Marino. And I said, well, that is the best compliment that Dwayne Haskins is going to get. Did you guys come away thinking that's the reincarnation of Dan Marino? 
Uh, no, <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't make me think Dan Marino. He actually made me think Byron Leftwich, which I don't. I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't consider that um, a, a negative for Haskins. I, I just I thought he was fine. It, I almost kind of feel sorry for him. The the Murray hype has just overtaken the NFL, and when when Justin Herbert chose to go back to school. Haskins kind of had his day in the sun. It looked like he would be the QB one in this class. And, and that's all changed pretty quickly. And, and we're still a couple months uh, until the draft. Yeah, I, I think he's, I think he's fine. I think he'll be fine. <laughs> you know, it's a, yeah. it's a little, it's a little tough with just the one year as a starter. And, 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 and we, I mean, it's, we've seen that work out for Trubisky. It's taken a few years, but he's gotten there, but it just seems like the more prototypical pocket quarterback uh, that, that, that meets all the size requirements and everything. He certainly doesn't move nearly as well as, uh, as, as Kyler Murray for, for sure. And maybe not as well as some of the other guys a little bit farther down the list, but um, I, I got no complaints. He's locked in as the quarterback too, for me and dynasty. Yeah. And he did post the slowest time among quarterbacks at just over five seconds in the 40 yard dash, which of course doesn't matter to any of us. Like you guys said, no real takeaways. The The thing that really stood out to me among these top two quarterbacks is both of them have very little experience. And, you know, I don't know how much that factors in, you know, the old school generation talks about how they, they like those quarterbacks. I overheard a couple times on NFL Network people talking about how Bill Parcells loved seeing players, especially at the quarterback position, that had a lot of experience. They, they've seen everything. They know what to expect making the leap. It's not that big of a jump to go to the NFL. I, I heard that multiple times, and it, it seems odd that the top two prospects this year for both the NFL and, and Dynasty purposes don't have that experience, both of them with one year uh, under center in college. We'll see how that translates as we move forward. Matt, anything else at the quarterback position that's worth talking about? Anybody jump off the page or that you saw throwing the ball well? No, I, I think Stidham threw the ball real well. Uh, you know, he feels, you know, different than Haskins, but similar. Like, he's he's not going to really blow you away with his athleticism, but I think he's got a lot of arm talent um, and looks accurate throwing the ball. So I, I think he might be have jumped up to my quarterback three, not necessarily based on the combine, but he's he's someone who hasn't haven't spent a lot of time watching, but but did once I saw uh, what he did at the combine. So uh, fairly excited about him, I guess. As like a, if you're in a super flex format, I think he's probably going to end up as like a mid-second round pick. Yeah, Daniel Jones was the guy that I I kind of felt like came out of the combine as one of the winners among that next tier of quarterbacks, and and maybe that uh, goes along with the the Giants rumor that we saw that they would be considering him. I can't imagine that that's true, but it does seem reasonable at this point that he could be a first rounder, which would obviously help. And uh, we, we also have some post-combine rookie ADP I just wanted to throw out for these quarterbacks. Dan, you and I talked ADP last week. Kyler Murray went from thirty, the 30th overall player pre-combine to the 18th overall player post-combine. So he is looking like a, a mid-second rounder. Dwayne Haskins also jumped a little bit. He was um, early in the third, and now he's late in the second round. Yeah, so those quarterbacks are starting to move up, and in super flex leagues, uh, we'll continue to see that as as the spring and the summer approaches, for sure. You mentioned Jarrett Stidham, Matt. He was the standout for me as well, and not necessarily for anything he did 
in the 40-yard dash or anything like that. But watching those fly routes that receivers were running, I thought he stood out among uh, that that group that was throwing uh, lots of lollipop throws, and it, it felt like lacking that NFL arm. And then Stidham walked up and threw darts at 40 and 50 yards right on the money. Stood out to me as a guy that can deliver the football accurately down the field. Uh, and unlike Haskins and Murray, he has a lot of experience in the in in college. Couple of couple of seasons, of course, at Auburn, and then one in the Big 12 as well. Let's move on to the running back position, guys. And it seems kind of odd to kick off the conversation with this guy, but I'm going to, and that's Damian Harris. Uh, 5'10", 216, so has that prototypical size, or, or at least close to that prototypical size that we all look for. But 45740, which I think was better than expected by most, uh, 37-inch vertical and 121-inch broad jump so a little more explosive than many of us expected as well does this move the needle for you at all ryan on damian harris and and uh you know typically for most a late first in dynasty drafts is there the potential that that changes over the coming weeks because of this combine i don't really think so and it probably doesn't move the needle much for me um again looking at some adp he was he was ninth entering the combine. He, he actually leaves the combine or post-combine uh, ADP of 10th overall. So uh, in that same range, he got he got uh, overtaken by at least one other running back that was, that was behind him originally. I'm sure we'll get to him. Uh, but this is basically what I, I kind of expected to see from Harris. He, he didn't necessarily stand out in any of the, uh, the, the events or the, or the, workout areas but just kind of did what he did throughout his college career he, he just he he produced he was solid and I, I think that's kind of how he will be viewed we we talk about these players in the NFL that their their value is hurt a little bit because they're just viewed as boring players and uh, Harris is not even in the league and I think he's kind of falling in that category already I think that's a really good way to put it just just kind of blah and not really anything that's particularly stands out I think the expectation though and maybe I was I was misled or something like that was that we should expect a relatively slow 40 time and while four five seven isn't blazing by any means anything f- sub four six is considered acceptable for a running back especially a guy his size and and that doesn't depend on that blazing speed to get outside and and you know necessarily make people miss in the open field I was I was pleasantly surprised with it, and I think at the very least, it cemented his stature, at least until he is drafted as a late first-round pick, because I had some question marks coming in. Matt, your thoughts? I just think, uh, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but I think he's just a safe prospect. You know, I think he's a, he's a good all-around player. The the one question that, that I think is, isn't really going to be answered is, is, can he catch the ball? You know, he didn't really have any receiving production at Alabama. Um, so that's the one question mark, but I mean, he, he, in terms of the combine, he basically checked all the boxes that I think we wanted to see, right? He didn't blow us away anywhere, but he, he, he confirmed everything that we were seeing on the field. Just like, just a solid running back. That's a safe player. I think in that late first round, Uh, another running back that I guess did blow everybody away at the combine was justice Hill, uh, 5'10", 198, but ran a 4-4 flat 40-yard dash and had a vertical jump of 40 and the broad jump of 130 and 
you know, everybody was talking about Justice Hill on Friday. Hill, Ryan, is a guy that I've kind of shook my head at and raised an eyebrow towards. Not quite sure how to figure him out. Certainly an undersized player. Uh, like I mentioned, 5'10", 198. Your thoughts on Hill coming into the combine and, and did he do enough? It should have been enough if you were looking for something to to change it if you were low on him like I was. Yeah, I don't I didn't I didn't have a necessarily a, a firm stance on Hill coming into the combine. I, I wasn't I didn't consider myself low on him. I, I kind of viewed him as in that we could probably say third tier uh, of running back late in the second, early in the third round. And and that's actually where he still stands. I'm I'm shocked at his ADP. He was 22 overall entering the combine, post combine only 21 overall. I expected a, a mm. pretty serious jump from him because I was impressed with his performance. It, some of these guys we saw them run uh, impressive 40s, but then they, you know, maybe they struggled on the agility drills. I, I was impressed with Hill all around at each event and. To, to not see him really move up any was a surprise. So he, he's looking like a value to me right now. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just not quite sold. Although he, he posted well in the, in the 40 and in that vert and in the broad jump, which are the explosion drills and, and that speed drill, he didn't participate in those agility drills. He didn't, he didn't do the three cone or, or the short shuttle. And, and that makes me wonder if there was a reason for that. Was, was he going to post low numbers there? and kind of damper the spirit of that that big start to the to the combine weekend so i guess yeah. we'll learn more as this pro day approaches when when that happens though i always question if there's a reason obviously justin hill did the three cone beforehand and knew what his time was going to be and if it wasn't impressive he might have got got some advice to stay away from the from those drills and you know with what he put on tape at oklahoma state he, he was an explosive guy, uh, didn't necessarily have a lot of big plays, but it was a super twitchy running back that, that could make people miss. He also had some deficiencies, though. I spent a lot of time watching him in the last couple days, and I constantly saw the guy outrun his blocks and, and not set up blocks properly, and that's a big problem when you get to the next level and guys are a lot more athletic. So we'll see how it translates. Uh, we'll see how his pro day goes. Matt, anything to add on him? I think Ryan's got something. It looks like he's dying to get something out. Yeah, no, I was I was just going to say I was I was thinking of those jumps. I knew he was impressive in those. Thanks uh for correcting me. I actually didn't realize that he set out the the three cone and the agility things, but I, I think the other concern on him is is his size. I, I just remember talking so much about Ronald Jones last year and there was the concern of was he going to come in over 200 and that was the threshold everyone was worried about. Hill was was the second lightest of uh, of the entire running back group. The only one he was heavier than, uh, or the only one lighter than him. I'm sorry, was uh, James Williams, who's the the pass catching back from Washington State. So, I think that needs to be the concern with Justice Hill right now is that he came in under 200 pounds. Yeah, I, th- I was going to say it was the size is the biggest issue for me. Um, but he, he he's so quick inside, like you said. So so I wonder if him not running the the agility drills there was 
because he wasn't good at testing in them. Because on tape, I feel like that stuff shows up, and you would think he would test well, you know, be in that, that seven-second three-cone range somewhere in there. Um, but uh, I watched quite a bit of him today after seeing his his uh, his test numbers um, and some things that I saw, you know, good speed to the outside. But it, I think this is a problem common with scat backs uh, when they try to transition to the NFL is that they, they, they go inside and then they don't see anything and then they think they're faster than, or quicker than everybody else, so they bounce it outside. So I saw a lot of those, like you said, Dan, where he's, he's outrunning his blocks and then he doesn't really take what he's getting all the time. You know, instead of getting the, the two-yard gain, he, he tries to break it out and then cuts into another defender and, and loses three yards instead. So it almost seems like he focuses in on one of those second-level defenders um, and isn't really seeing what else is around him. But once he, once he finds that crease, you know, I, I think that, those, that foot speed is really good. Uh, so he's going to be a fun player to watch. I think he can catch the ball too, uh, decently. Um, but that, like you said, that size is, is a real concern. Maybe he's like, uh, you know, maybe he's obviously probably with more draft capital, but maybe he's like the 2019 Philip Lindsay. Perhaps uh, nice comparison there for sure. A guy, another guy, uh, similar running back really, or considered similar, at least in dynasty circles by ADP uh, recently. And Ryan can fill us in as to if he moved post-combine, but that's Miles Sanders out of Penn State, 5'11", 211 pounds, ran a 4'4", 9'40", 8th best among running backs, 36-inch vertical, 6th best, 124-inch broad jump, 6th best, 6.893 cone, that was the best, and one of only two sub-7-second three cones by running backs 4.19 short shuttle that was third also did 20 reps on the bench which is acceptable from uh from most people's viewpoints he was explosive in drills certainly looked good all over the field one of my favorite running backs in this draft and a guy that i instantly moved all the way up to third in the class among running backs matt what's your thoughts on miles sanders he certainly helped himself in indianapolis did he help himself for dynasty owners as well yeah he i mean i I don't really think i was i didn't he didn't really add anything to my my previous evaluation of him you know i think again he's somebody that checked all the boxes i I guess the one area and one one stat that i really like for running backs is that three cone drill and obviously he was the best at that and kind of confirmed that elusiveness that we see on on film there uh, love the jump cut that he does. Uh, he has a nice one of those. And uh, I- I'm excited that he just checked all those boxes. And, and to come out with an elite three-code time uh, kind of solidifies him, I think, in my top five uh, rookie running backs in terms of dynasty. Yeah, and he looked he looked so fluid yeah. running that three-cone. So to, to clear things up, I moved him only from fifth up to third. And part of that is maybe some disappointments from the weekend as well. And we'll get to those. Ryan, your thoughts on Sanders? I also moved him from fifth to third. Uh, he he felt like a guy who was already trending up, even going into the combine. Uh, I, I'd seen some of the, you know, some of the top fantasy analysts out there really starting to give him some attention. Evan Silva, among others, and, and it just seemed like this this jump was coming. And, and then we we see what he did at the combine. It certainly helped him. His Pre-combine ADP was 19 overall. He's now 11 overall. And I wouldn't say quite locked into the first round because I think from that 8 to 15, 16 range is all going to be pretty tightly packed, uh, at least at this point. But to, to see him in that, in that top three running back range, I think is going to be pretty common. Yeah, that feels like a bargain still for me down at the bottom of the first round. Yep feels like without knowing any of these landing spots or anything like that there's a potential for a rise with miles sanders's 
ADP going forward. One guy that didn't necessarily help himself out a whole lot was David Montgomery, 5'10", 222. So he checked the boxes as far as size. Everything that we expected him to be was there. But only a 4-6-3-40 time, which put him at 17th of the 23 running backs that ran. Also did just 15 reps on the bench. What are we, are we concerned here, Matt? I don't know. Obviously you want him to be faster, but I don't really think we thought that was his game anyway, was, you know, being a long speed kind of guy. Um, and I think he's still, I, I think he's still my running back one in the class, despite the, I guess you could say poor combine performance. I just feel like the production that he's put up, the elusivity that he displays, the pass catching ability, especially kind of still has him up there. Uh, I have, I haven't been able to put uh, Josh Jacobs above him yet, just because mostly because of the production profile. So I think, I think he's still going to be, be going to be my running back one, despite this poor performance. What about you, Dan? Well, I, I've had him at two the whole time. Uh, once I spent a lot of time watching Jacobs run, that was enough for me to, to, like most or many, I guess, move him all the way up to one. We'll see what how he tests going forward and, and you know what kind of changes among that landscape once he does. Uh, I tell you what, though, I was close to moving Miles Sanders up above David Montgomery, and, and it, it hasn't just been the combine. that Like you were saying with Sanders – that just solidified what I thought, and, and it made me feel like I was right as far as that explosion and that quickness and agility that we all see when we when we turn on Sanders. Uh, Montgomery d- didn't look the same way, and he, he's certainly a different kind of running back, not, not necessarily that twitchy guy and can break a few more tackles. I expected him to have a little better strength, I guess. Not that that's the end-all, be-all, the bench press but just 15 there when when Sanders who's considered to be a smaller guy although measured similarly was a lot more powerful at 20 so you know not that we're we're taking anything away from this and carving it in stone but Sanders came away extremely impressive and David Montgomery was was a relative disappointment to me I think what it does what happens when I see these disappointments is it makes me go just like when you see the standouts, I think for me is when you see these outliers happen or things that you didn't think you would see when you were, you would see them test as when you were watching the film it makes you go back and kind of watch them again. And that's what I did. And I, I feel like I still saw the same things. I didn't see that s- super slow 40 time, you know, you know, on the tape. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like it, I don't, I'm not really worried about, uh, I, I guess I'm not going to kill him for it. I guess is that that's the best way to put it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried about Montgomery. Uh, I'm, I don't want to kill him for it, but Dan, I, I think we're we're kind of in lockstep that I'm. He, to me, at this point, he's closer to being number three than he is to being number one. Uh, he he also had the the worst. I think it was the vertical jump that he came in worst among all running backs. So again, that we don't want to base too much on one random test at the combine, but to be worst among any of these guys, including uh, a fullback is that's, that's a little, <laughs> little bit of a problem. Yeah. And, and he, he's certainly not known for his elusiveness. So anybody that hasn't watched him and has seen the rank and, and expected big things, I don't think anybody was coming in here thinking that he was going to post um, top end numbers in any of these drills. I think, what we did expect, however, was middle-of-the-road numbers. If he would have posted what Damian Harris did, nobody would be questioning anything. 
And because he didn't, there's there's just an an open door for some pause and, and some question marks. And, and we'll see how those are answered over the coming month or so until we see where he lands and what kind of draft capital he comes with as well. Any other notes from the running back position, Ryan, that you want to get out there? Well, I think we have to be concerned about both Devin Singletary and certainly Elijah Holyfield um, and Holyfield more so. He was a guy who was looking like a somewhat safe second round rookie pick and he may not even be worthy of a roster spot at this point. Um, in fact, I saw a little bit of talk that or just, just conjecture that he doesn't even get drafted in the NFL draft. Um, wow. obvi- obviously if that were to happen, uh, his, his dynasty stock is, is essentially gone. So I, I think those two players hurt themselves this week and, and obviously so in Holyfield's case. Holyfield, I watched that 40-yard dash, and I thought to myself, that can't be right. There's, there's no way it can, be, it can be that number. There must have been a mistake. Why didn't they blow the whistle? What happened? And when he confirmed it the second time, things got even worse. So it, it kind of makes you think, why'd they run it in the first place? You know, when, it, when it's that. He only outran a fullback, Alec Ingold. That's the only running back that, that he's faster than. So it certainly brings up big question marks. And if you're right about that, Ryan, or if those that were, were thinking that he might go undrafted, his dynasty stock goes, goes down the toilet. Mike Weber was another one. His 40-time uh, tied for third best at 4-7. Four, four, that was impressive. I don't think a lot of people expected that. Daryl Henderson, his speed checked out as well. 4-4-9 four, four, in the 40 um, checked all the boxes, makes you feel validated with having him among the top five in your running back ranks as well. Matt, any others worth mentioning? Uh, no, I, I, I guess I go back to Singletary. You know, he was, he was actually my running back three prior to the, prior to the, the combine. And that was really a disappointing score. You know, he, again, another guy that you didn't think was going to be super fast, but to run in the was it the low four sixes like that's that doesn't look great uh but like he's still like that lateral quickness guy that compact athlete that i that i like so much of the running back position so uh i did move him down a few spots but i, I still i still think he can be a player in the nfl I, I i guess we'll see what happens there yeah so what we're looking for next of course all these guys are going to go to their pro days and then followed up by the draft and see see where they're drafted and what kind of situation they're in if they're a fit there how highly they're drafted and that's going to affect things too i think if anything especially with these running backs it is worthwhile to to take a look at these numbers and, and try to try to decipher what you can out of it let's move on to the wide receiver position guys and I don't think we can start anywhere except for DK Metcalf 63228 the 43340 time fourth among wide receivers 40 and a half inch vertical third among wide receivers 134 inch broad jump fifth among wide receivers he was the talk of the weekend or at least the talk of Saturday when those receivers were running uh lots of eyebrows raised and and lots of jaws dropped as a guy that big could run that fast the question marks came later when he had the third worst three cone and fourth worst short shuttle 20 yard shuttle among wide receivers lots of dynasty folks are talking top pick in the draft he confirmed things Ryan are you on board no no, no, no. <laughs> no, I, I, nothing I saw this past weekend, I mean, that didn't change his production in college. 
it didn't change uh, his his history of two season-ending injuries. Uh, it didn't change his market share when he's playing with A.J. Brown and Demarcus Lodge. Um, it, it didn't change his... Well, actually, actually, it, it did change. These agility scores maybe <laughs> maybe even lowered his stock, in my opinion. Um, I, I didn't... I didn't expect it to be that bad. Uh, I think uh, our buddy John Moore pointed out that Tom Brady ran a, a faster three cone than than DK Metcalf. So it, it's funny how those uh, how those wins changed, right? When he runs the forty, and he does, and, and we see the just his his physique and his his look, and it's amazing. He draws comparisons to. Uh, Julio Jones and, and some of the other greats. And then we see the, the agility stuff, the, the three cone, and he draws comparisons to Justin Hunter and Martavis Bryan. And it, it drops down really quickly from Julio Jones to, to these other guys. Um, so to me, there's, there's still some concerns. Um, and when I, when I say that, I'm talking about one Oh one. I think he's, he's the top five dynasty rookie pick. I ran some polls last week on Twitter, and I, they they came out just like I thought they would. the The first question was, who has the highest upside among the wide receiver class, and who has the the lowest floor? And of course, he won both polls as as I would expect. So, highest ceiling, lowest floor. That's DK. Yeah, I have him at actually I'm at wide receiver five just based on on what you just said. You know that high upside. You don't want to let him drop too far, but that floor is is scary. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, unless he's just going to literally run past and out physical out physical everybody for the ball. I mean, that's that's how he's going to win, right? Doesn't have much of a nuance in his route running, and the three cone shows that he's not going to really make anybody <laughs> miss too much uh, based on his movement. So he's going to have to just run by and 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 out out fight everybody for the ball, which you know maybe he can do it that big. Uh, one thing I want did want to throw out to you guys: How do you feel about this this one point nine percent body fat thing? That seems kind of ludicrous he like that that big photo that's going around of everybody who kind of looks like david boston out there which did, you know being rocked up like that didn't really help out david boston so uh you know maybe it's just not the time for him in the nfl right now and, and he kind of screams like a little bit like dgb to me and i got burned so bad by dgb and i'm afraid that the same thing is going to happen to me with medcalf so that's probably leaking into my my kind of biases a little bit <laughs> uh oh, the but, Metcalf truthers are gonna love that comparison uh, yeah they're not gonna like that very much <laughs> But but seriously, like this is like, that's not a healthy body weight, right? Like that's not something that could be sustained. It's almost like he like gamed the system a little bit, like dropped all this weight to to be to look that good and and everything for the combine, but doesn't actually going to play that way. It just doesn't seem like a safe kind of range for him to play in. I mean, seriously though, you look at that picture, and obviously it's it's impressive, uh, and and he could go out and win some bodybuilding competition. <laughs> but I mean. You look at that, and then you can't be surprised that he ha- has poor agility scores. Yeah, like you can't bend. Like you're just so yeah, you're just so I don't know stiff, and it just can he can he bend over and tie his shoes? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I love the response to that that picture. Every time it's posted on Twitter, somebody posts a shirtless picture of Jerry Rice right <laughs> behind it and says, "And this is the guy who was the complete antithesis of being." being super ripped or anything. I mean, obviously a strong guy, but looked like 
like a guy that likes to lift a few weights, not the best receiver of all time. So, you know, man, it's, it's just a, a world of difference. And like I said, the, the Metcalf truthers out there are not going to like the DGB thing. That, my, that'll go over well, man. <laughs> my, my favorite tweet that I saw based on him was, I think it was Field Yates. He said something like, he's uh, uh, DK Metcalf is, is Mel Kuyper's top-ranked wide receiver, linebacker, strong safety, mm-hmm. tight end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's move on to the other half of that, or I guess third of that of that receiving trio and that's aj brown six foot 226 some questions about his speed coming in people hoping he'd run a sub four six actually posted a sub five or four five uh 40 time at four four nine also 36 and a half in the vertical like we've been saying the whole time ryan check the boxes looks the part everything looked pretty good when it came to aj brown on saturday it did it did i i think aj brown is kind of falling into the same uh same situation as damian harris on the running backs uh, they they each have this teammate who's a little flashier getting a little more attention uh, and and I think both of these guys are going to end up being values in in our rookie drafts. AJ Brown not quite the to the degree of uh, of Harris probably because he's still most likely going to be a, a top five rookie pick. But I would gladly take him at five. Yeah, and you know I I actually would as well. I'd I'd love to have him at five. I still have him as my number one guy. I I love that guy. He, he has everything that I look for in in a top wide receiver and a guy that has the potential to be a wide receiver one on your dynasty roster. Um, I kind of was hoping that he'd be six, one or six, two rather than six flat. Um, I guess being over six foot or at least six foot, at least uh, puts him in, in that conversation as, as beat a six foot receiver and not a, not necessarily a short guy. But when he posted that four, four, nine in his second run in the 40, that, that made everything you see on tape with AJ Brown legitimate from college. Matt, your thoughts? Yeah, I think he put to rest all of the athleticism questions and to go with his production profile, you know, uh, 1200 yards back-to-back seasons and and at 74% catch rate last season. I mean, I just I, I think I think he is going to be like Ryan said fall under the radar a little bit and people are going to chase the upside of these bigger, faster receivers. Uh, and, and kind of miss out on the production that AJ Brown's gonna gonna give them. Uh, I currently have him at uh, wide receiver three, so I mean, but it's like razor thin, I think, between those top four guys for me. So, uh, yeah, everything you could have possibly wanted to see from Brown at the combine, I think you did see. Yeah, I I just love what I saw, and you know, there are things to be concerned with, and I agree with you that everything's pretty tight among those top five wide receivers. I still lean towards AJ Brown, despite the the low production and in bigger games in college and, and some of the other question marks surrounding him, but uh, really liked that player and was really, really glad to see that speed at least check out. And, and he certainly looks the part of, of that guy that has the potential to be that number one receiver on your dynasty roster. Another guy that really looked good on Saturday, the six foot, 205 pound Paris Campbell, Blew everybody away with a 4-3-1-40 time. That was the best among wide receivers. Also had a 40-inch vertical, fifth best among receivers, and uh, tied for the best with a 4.03 20-yard shuttle. He moved up in a lot of rankings, Ryan. Not mine, though. 
he stayed right where he was, right there at six. Uh, I've been a Paris Campbell fan for a while, watched him a lot at Ohio State. I think his game looks like it will translate beautifully to the NFL as a speed receiver that has enough short area quickness to uncover underneath and in short and intermediate routes, uh, showed that playmaking ability at Ohio State. It seems like there are a lot of guys out there that want to make that comparison um, to other Ohio State wide receivers that that have been, you know, electrifying and, and big, big playmakers and, and stuff like that. I don't know what the best comp comparison to Paris Campbell is. He seems like his own guy. He, he, he does everything from the deep route to the end around to the slant and the and the dig. Man, that guy looks good. Um, a lot of our rankers still have him down there in the 9-10 range among wide receivers. Where do you fall? I'm I'm probably one of those. Uh, I, I didn't I didn't move him up either, but not because I was already high on him. Only because this is what I expected. We we've heard and and honestly seen what kind of athlete he is uh, throughout his time in college, and we knew he was was fast. Probably the fastest guy there. He proved that. I think he was actually tied for the fastest forty with. Andy Isabella, but, uh, nonetheless, this was expected. This is what he was supposed to do. So uh, I'm not going to move him up based on something I expected to happen. I'm, I'm not quite sold yet. Yeah, me either. Uh, I, I need to go back and watch him more, I guess, cause I don't see the same kind of route running ability that you do, Dan. To me, he seems like a kind of a jet sweep, like catch and run specialist. I honestly not sure he knows how to run, run routes at all. Really? Uh, I think he needs to going to go to a creative offense is going to be able to get the ball in his hands in those short areas of the field. But that said, I mean, if they can scheme him open and have a quarterback that can hit him with a pass and stride, I mean, he, he's definitely a home run threat on every play. I just don't see the, 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 like the, I, I just don't see the wide receiver skills, I guess, to, to be like a true one or even a two, honestly. Yeah. And I only see a two as well. And maybe even an NFL team, wide receiver too, which doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be in a dynasty lineup every, every week, especially early in his career. But I, I really do believe that Campbell was held back by the offense that he played in and, and limited opportunities in that traditional wide receiver role. When he did get those chances, he looked good doing it. And that's what makes me believe he can do it on a full-time basis. He just like many before him at Ohio state, didn't get a lot of those opportunities. He was pigeonholed to be that that end around jet sweep guy rather than the guy who had opportunities in the interior and, and to run those intermediate routes. Again, when you when he got his chances, he looked good. Turn on turn on the film, watch Ohio State play. Paris Campbell runs runs well uh, all over the field as well. Just didn't necessarily get enough opportunity doing it, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I have at points kind of knocked him or been concerned about the, the lack of consistent production. But just when you think kind of like you said, Dan, when you think about that Ohio state offense, I mean, even just at the combine, they had, um, is it Johnny Dixon? I believe they had Terry McLaurin and obviously Campbell. And then also they had, they had two solid running backs. They've got KJ Hill. Who's a great athlete who uh, went back to school. So it, it's, it's almost hard to hold, uh, a lack of production uh, against any of those guys. Um, I don't know. With Campbell, I'm fi- I'm getting a little Will Fuller vibe. Is that is that fair, Dan? From what you've seen? Yeah, I, I see that. Uh, that's a nice comp. I really like that one. 
actually, I, I think he has the potential to to do those same things and maybe take those same steps, hopefully without the injuries, uh, and, and become a little bit better route runner and a little bit better uh, short and intermediate guy as time goes on. Um, that crossing route and stuff and, and the deep, deep route is enough to get him by early in his career and at least make that make that impression on fantasy owners to keep him viable while he learns the rest of it and continues to kind of hone his game. Let's move on to a little taller version of the fast receiver that we saw on Saturday. Miles Boykin out of Notre Dame, 6'4", 220. He ran a 4'4", 240 and, and had that big vertical, the best vertical at 43 and a half. Best three cone as well, sub seven at 6.77 and a great short shuttle uh, to go along with all that. Miles Boykin came out of nowhere for a lot of people, or at least uh, wasn't expected to be an elite performer at the Combine. Ryan, your thoughts on Boykin now as we go towards pro days in the draft? Uh, yeah, I guess I, I guess I wasn't as surprised as, as most people. Uh, I mean, you can't, you don't go in to something like that expecting a, a near record vertical jump. And that's, that's what we saw from, from Boykin. And then he had a, an amazing three cone time as well, as you said. So I didn't necessarily expect him to uh, lead the group of wide receivers in those categories, but I did always think of him as, as an athletic player. Uh, of course he was held down by some terrible quarterback play uh, through most of his career at Notre Dame. And, uh, we we finally saw that change a little bit towards the the back half of the season, but he he's been maybe the biggest ADP riser. He was he was a sixth rounder based on our pre combine ADP. He was outside of the top sixty, and now he's looking like a high third rounder. He's in the mid thirties uh, of our ADP, so he has certainly benefited from that big performance. You know, you talked about Paris Campbell being, you know, lacking production and, and maybe that shouldn't be held against him because of the offense he played in and the amount of weapons. The same could probably be said about Boykin, not necessarily for those reasons, but because of that quarterback play and, and the question marks surrounding the, the entire offense there with Notre Dame. He's a guy that I'm starting to get on, on board with. You know, a lot of the j- draft export experts have talked about Boykin being a better pro than he was a college receiver, or at least production-wise being such. Uh, I could I can see that happening with him. I moved him up slightly. I'm willing to go a little bit higher. Uh, looking forward to seeing more of what what Miles Boykin could do. Matt, your thoughts? I have a lot of work to do still on Miles Boykin. I, in fact, didn't watch him at all until today. Um, but based on his measurables, I mean, you cannot – can't be not ex- can't not be excited by by what you saw at the combine but in terms of the tape that I watched today uh, I don't know he, he he seems like he struggles to be press man like, like he doesn't seem like he can do it at all to be honest with you and it doesn't really seem like his physicality and his play strength matches that size so that that was a little bit disappointing for me but based on these measurables I definitely need to go back and, and look at him some more because uh, you might be right it might a lot of that might be a product of the offense and that might th- those things might not be an issue in the NFL so definitely more work to do on Boykin yeah I when when I watch him this isn't gonna sound like a good comp but when I watch him I see Josh Doxon he goes I up could, and gets it I see but I don't and, think he's as aggressive at, as as Doxon was in college at least you know and going up and getting that ball but I might be wrong. yeah. Maybe I I think he has that kind of ceiling, and while it hasn't hasn't happened, 
with jo- Josh Doxson necessarily, I, I still see it when I watch him play. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Again, I, I like the player. I like his upside. And, and especially at, at that ADP that Ryan was talking about, that seems like there's the potential for a value there to get a high upside player later on in the draft. Let's go to Hakeem Butler, another high upside player, but you're not going to get the value on him that you will with Boykin. 6'5", 227, sub 4'5", 40 times. You know, I, I, Ryan, you and I were watching the Combine together, and we, we watched Butler look good and everything that he did, and then I was watching later on and saw him catching passes and drills and kind of half one-handing balls, not looking that interested in what he was doing on the field, and it gave me a bad taste in my mouth. I, I really didn't like what I saw out of Hakeem Butler. He dropped a pass on a slant that, you know, that's meant for meant to be really a quarterback drill, and we were focused in on watching the quarterbacks, but it seems like I saw that number seven making mistakes when, when, when I was watching those things, and that just left me with a bad feeling when it came to Butler. I don't know if anybody else saw those things, and, you know, when you go to NFL.com and you check out his his uh, numbers from the combine, it's not going to show any of that stuff, but it made me think twice about where I, I have Hakeem Butler ranked. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I had Hakeem Butler ranked as my wide receiver too before the combine, uh, and, and I feel like most of what we saw uh, this weekend from the measurements to the 40 to, to just, well, not, not all of the pass-catching drills, but at least some of them validated that ranking. But I, I, I understand your point, and um, again, I think it was – I think it was John Moore, I believe. Uh, there was there was a lot of Twitter talk, obviously, about the entire combine, but I th- I think it was John Moore that compared him to uh, Cordarrelle Patterson, where there was there there's flashes, but there's also those moments that just make you say, "What are you doing?" Um, so Butler is is viewed as one of the big winners from the combine. I think uh, he he jumped over. He jumped over uh, Kelvin Harmon. I think he jumped over uh, A.J. Brown, your guy as well. So he's he's up in the top three wide receiver range based on ADP right now, which uh, is is a little surreal to see him up there with those guys already. Yeah, for me, the question was that that 40 time and he he showed it. Uh, but I, like like Ryan said, I get your point about making drops. You don't want to make you don't want to drop the ball <laughs> at the combine. That, that's ridiculous, right? There's no one on you uh, and you're not wearing pads or anything. So that definitely doesn't look good. But all the other measurable measurables checked out. And, and the fact that it, he actually did run pretty fast uh, for a guy that size uh, was very encouraging to me, too. So I, I don't think I'm I, I haven't I haven't dropped him because of that. He's been my wide receiver, too, for a couple of weeks now. And I think he's probably going to stay that for now um we'll see but again like most of these guys i have more work to do yeah i'm I'm encouraged as well he's another guy that didn't participate in the three cone or the 20 yard shuttle so you know there's maybe some questions to be answered there a big guy he's fun to watch when he has the ball in his hands he can break tackles and uh turn a simple slant where he's boxed in into a broken tackle and a and a touchdown from anywhere on the field which is fun to watch and certainly something you want on your dynasty team i just i just raised an eyebrow to what i saw when i watched him running those routes and it's almost like he didn't love being there or being having to do those drills for the quarterbacks or something maybe i'm way off base 
But I, like I said before, I, I kind of had a bad taste in my mouth from what I saw there. I haven't moved him down because of it. I had him at four among the wide receivers. He remains at four. He's right there with DK Metcalf and Kelvin Harmon. Mecole Hardman. Not a lot of people necessarily knew who he was coming into the weekend. 5'10", 187, but a 4-3-3, time. He's a name worth monitoring, Matt. Yeah, another guy that I did not know before the combine, to be honest with you, and 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 now he's somebody that I have to go look at. I did watch a couple of games today, and uh, you know he's 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 fast. <laughs> he's real fast, that he's that really aggressive playmaker after the catch. The one drill I really wa- enjoyed watching him in was in, in that gauntlet where he was show, able to show that movement and quickness. And I, I think those those uh, traits for him are definitely near elite. Um, and especially you know for a, a former defensive back, I feel like he's still learning that position. Um, again, though, another one of these guys that I think is, is just, is just going to live and die with his speed. I don't think we can really ask him to make any contested catches. At least I haven't seen it in terms of the, the couple of games I've watched so far. Yeah, that gauntlet was impressive. You know, the things, and I'm no expert when it comes to it, but I've watched the combine for a few years. You want to see full speed, uh, straight line, catch the ball, don't let anything hit the ground. Uh, and, and those balls are supposed to be kind of high and low and out there and, and things like that. And he certainly did look good. And when you go back and watch what he put on tape in college at Georgia, you saw a lot of the same thing. He, he's got all the speed and all the other stuff, but he never was asked to do anything outside of that. Never asked to be a great route runner or do anything other than what that, those, those quick things, those fast things. And, and I didn't watch Georgia every week, so somebody else can fill me in on if he ever got those opportunities and what he did with them. But what I saw when I watched him run that 40 and run through that gauntlet was enough to make me think I need to watch this guy more and see what we see. There's the potential for for him to be uh, an asset for dynasty owners down the road, right? Yeah, I was actually surprised. Uh, I saw a a recent mock that had Mecole Hardman going in uh, on day two in in the late second or early third round. And ahead of some of these uh, these wide receivers that that dynasty owners like so much, and that kind of surprised me at first. But the more I think about it, I think it does make sense. He's uh, he he's an, an asset all over the field, and one of those guys that could could certainly end up going higher than we expect. And and he helped himself this weekend for sure. Let's uh, hammer through a couple more of these wide receivers and Keel Harry. Uh, 4.5, 3.40, 38.5-inch vertical. Kelvin Harmon, 6'2", 221, 4.640. The fifth slowest, but still got to that 4.6 range. What are our thoughts on these two relative big names uh, at wide receiver, Matt? Uh, Nikhil Harry is still my wide receiver one overall. I just I can't fade that production profile and what he's done. He didn't he didn't disappoint at the combine. He just kind of again like we've been talking about checked the boxes. Didn't really stand out too much. But uh, I, I think we know what he can do on the field. And uh, the combine didn't really change my opinion on him. Kelvin Harmon the same thing. Uh, I, I guess I guess you can be worried about that's that's the forty time. I don't really think that you know, again watching him on film that you were really going to be super impressed by his long speed like that anyway. Uh, but fast enough to do what he what he does on the field and still a very good player still in my my top four receivers there uh i still like him above uh dk metcalf despite what he did to the combine so uh excited still excited about about both of those guys yeah i agree harry is my wide receiver one still and and really just don't see many holes in his game he's got the production he he ran faster than i thought he would um 
by by quite a bit, honestly. So uh, I would have been happy with him breaking four six at all, and and he was under that mark pretty easily. Uh, on Harmon, not only did he have a relatively poor combine, we also found out this week he uh, did not just turn twenty one; he just turned twenty two. Uh, he it, it looked like he actually tried to hide that a little bit uh, with with deleting some tweets, but that. Um, that came out. So if, if you're a believer in breakout age or things like that, then, uh, his, his entire profile shifted. It's, it's, it's hard for me to see him any higher than wide receiver five right now. Yeah. I I think that's where he's penciled in for a lot of dynasty owners. That seems where he should be. Uh, like I'm a Paris Campbell fan. I have Campbell at six, but I'm not willing to make that leap just yet. That, that is a, Interesting tidbit from the weekend, though, the whole age thing with Kelvin Harmon uh, makes you wonder if there's anything else out there that, that we're going to hear about. Uh, it seems like if you're willing to do that for an age, there there could be anything out there for sure. Any uh, There's a few other things to cover as far as the receivers go. Emmanuel Hall, 4-3-9-40 time. Terry McLaurin, 4-3-5. Uh, Debo Samuel, he looked fast. Riley really didn't. Ridley didn't stand out middle of the pack and everything that was kind of as expected. And LJ Humphrey looked extremely slow at four, seven, five. Ryan, when you were watching, you said to me, that just doesn't look good. He just doesn't look right when he was running. And it showed with that time four, seven, five was, was incredibly slow for a wide receiver. He's, he's got to be just diving down that ADP board. Uh, he is. He is as as he should be. Yeah, the in, in a former lifetime I was a, a a high school track coach and just seeing seeing LJ Humphrey with that right arm stretched out straight out running the 40 was <laughs> was painful to watch and kind of like you said with um with Holyfield earlier I thought that had to be some kind of fluke and and he runs it the second time and has the exact same form and I mean these guys train as soon as the as soon as their bowl game is over, and sometimes even before that, in in some cases, they're training for for this weekend. And I mean, I can't imagine how many times he ran the forty in preparation for that, and to not to not fix that form. I mean, sometimes sometimes you're just a slow player, but that that one hundred percent hurt him. The just his form on that forty, so I I couldn't believe it. Um, he's probably not worth a, a dynasty roster spot either. Let's go quickly to the tight end position. We're just about out of time, fellas. So let's quick, uh, quickly go through them. In a big group, Noah Fant was impressive, to say the least. Best 40 time, best vertical. Also had the best broad jump and three cone. And the third best short shuttle. Man, did he look fast. 4-5-40 time. Also measured in at 6-4-2-49. Teammate TJ Hawkinson, also impressive. 4-7, a little more of an inline guy. So you can expect that dip in speed, but still just as explosive with that 37 and a half inch vertical. He certainly did enough to be considered among those top tight ends uh, and a, and a potential difference maker at the position. Irv Smith, 6'2", 242, 6'4", or excuse me, 40 time. That was fourth among tight ends. Josh Oliver also looked good. He had a nice 40 time. Elise Mack looked Looked athletic at a 4.7 with a 36-inch vertical. Jace Sternberger also looked good catching passes, especially uh, in the drills. Guys, your thoughts overall at tight end? It seems to me 
that we saw what we expected. Noah Fant maybe even jumped over expectations, looked incredibly athletic, just just like we, we saw him do with the Hawkeyes. Hawkinson looks athletic for an inline guy that's known for his blocking as well, and Smith seems like he is deservant of a top three stature in this class among tight ends. So, again, checks all the boxes. Everybody looks good. If anything... These tight ends are maybe a little bit more on the scene for dynasty owners at the end of the first slash early second round of rookie drafts. This feels like the 2017 class again a little bit, you know, with uh, with Fant is basically it feels like a carbon copy of Ingram. I don't think he's quite as good as a route runner as Ingram do, but certainly just as athletic. Uh, Hawkinson, I don't really have a good comp to, to either. I don't think he really comps well to O.J. Howard or David Njoku or George Kittle, but you know, just as impressive, probably going to be the first tight end off the board. I think both of those two guys go in the first round for sure. And then Irv Smith looked good too. I, I do think that his other drills, other than the 40, were a little bit more mediocre. Um, so maybe that, that drops him a little bit there, but still a very good player and somebody we should be excited about for Dynasty. Uh, you know, probably not in the first round of a, uh, the end of a first round in, in a Dynasty rookie draft for Irv Smith, but, you know, certainly somewhere in the second round. Yeah, I'm, I'm of course, excited about all three of these top top guys. Um, I, I think Smith might actually be a little closer to the other two uh, as far as dynasty value than uh, we might expect. We saw, uh, we saw both Iowa guys jump up in ADP. Fant went from 13 to 9. Hawkinson went from 16 to 12. Uh, and then as far as the others in that next year, I was also impressed with uh, Caleb Wilson, the UCLA kid. I thought he performed well and helped himself. I think the race is kind of on for the tight end four spot, and I think it could be Wilson. Yeah, Wilson had that big 40 time. Uh, I don't have it pulled up here, but it, but it was right at the top of the class, just behind Fant. Uh, certainly jumped up my rankings as well before we get out of here guys what's your biggest takeaway from the combine anything that really jumped off the page for you ryan i I was honestly i was excited to see some players that i'm not necessarily a a believer in or a fan of pre-combine perform really well uh paris campbell comes to mind there were there were a few others because uh for two reasons one uh, that gives me uh, gives me a reason, gives me a cause to go back and try to learn more about these players, watch a little bit more uh, of their game clips if I can. But then also, worst case, they're they're going to gain some value, and that's going to push players I like uh, further down the board. Yeah, yeah, no, no huge takeaways for me. Like I said earlier, the the biggest ones for me when I'm watching the combine or, or, or paying attention to the combine is is those outliers. You know, the guys that that either uh, under under tested compared to what I thought on field or over tested compared to what I saw thought I saw on on tape. Uh, and then just the wide receiver class, it just it just seems ridiculous. Like this is going to be uh, you know maybe maybe not Julio Jones and AG Green and those guys, but you know maybe the best one certainly since the, that 2014 class. So very excited to see all of these like top ten guys. Uh, and what, where they're going to land and, and all that, especially considering the, the little bit of a dearth we have at the wide receiver position for Dynasty right now uh, in terms of talent at the top of the uh, – in those, in those elite tiers. So very excited to see what these guys are going to do um, and go back to watch the film of the guys that didn't match up. Yeah, and I completely agree with that, both of you really, but what you said there, Matt, with the wide receiver class being, being potentially one of the best we've seen in years – but mine is actually the running back class. I think a lot of people have looked down on this class and, and looked for reasons to stay away from the guys that are coming out. I, you know, 
I already raved about Miles Sanders and my thoughts on him. I was looking for a reason to move him up and, and found it, found the, I, I feel validated that, that he can be a top three running back in this class. Also, uh, some, you know, seeing Daryl Henderson speed check out at four, four, nine, that was a nice thing. Even Mike Weber being faster than a lot of people expected. Uh, that was a pleasant surprise as well. So not necessarily a guy I was looking into, but it seemed like there were a few things that happened among those running backs that made me think there's going to be some value, especially in the late first and early second round of rookie drafts. And we can look forward to that for Ryan and Matt. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Real professional.